0: After a few days, Jesus returned to Capernaum, and word got around that he was back home. A crowd gathered, jamming the entrance so no one could get in or out. He was teaching the word. They brought a paraplegic to him, carried by four men. Everybody shout, four men. When they weren't able to get in because of the crowd, they removed part of the roof And lowered the paraplegic on his stretcher. Impressed by their bold faith, uh, that word bold faith in the original language is actually, or bold belief, that word bold belief is translated faith, when he saw their faith. In other words, their faith was a visible faith. Impressed by their bold belief, Jesus said to the paraplegic, Son, I forgive Your sins. That is a very odd statement to say for someone that came in to be healed from being a paralyzed man. He comes in to be healed as a paralyzed man. Jesus goes further and deeper and he says, Your sins are forgiven. Hold on a second, Jesus. I didn't come here to get my sins forgiven. I came here to get fixed. Just want you to put a little footnote or a little holding pad there. Jesus knew right away what. They were thinking and said, why are you so skeptical? Which is simpler to say to the paraplegic. I forgive your sins or get up and take your stretcher and start walking. Well, just so it's clear that I'm the son of man and I'm authorized to do either or both. He looked now at the paraplegic, get up, pick up your stretcher and go home. And the man did it. Got up, grabbed his stretcher. And walked out with everyone there watching him. That's so good. When you get a miracle in front of your haters, that's so, that's so good. They rub their eyes incredulous and they praise God saying, we've never seen anything like this. I want to give you the title to today's message. And you could put this down in your notes if you're taking notes. And it's called this, I Have... A tribe. I have a tribe. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for these next few moments that you allow us to be together, God, here in your word. God, I pray that this word may be much more than information being scattered amongst us, oh God, but it may be a word of transformation that pierces through our hearts, God. We love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen amen. Can we give God a praise in this room? Um, you know, I'm, 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 the, uh, I'm the son of an a, uh, immigrant woman from Costa Rica. Uh, any Costa Ricans in the house? No, I didn't think so. And uh, oh, we do have, oh, my brother. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we got Costa Ricans in the house. Wait, some of you guys are like like shocked right now. You're like, wait a minute, you're not Puerto Rican? No, I'm not Puerto Rican. And <laughs> uh, my mother's from Costa Rica, and she raised four amazing boys. I, I dare say amazing. And there's a lot of things that could be said about our family. Uh, but one of the things that, I mean, you could say we're crazy. We could say that we're dysfunctional. You could say a whole lot of things. But one of the things that I'm absolutely sure about our family, I don't know if, it, if it's if it's because we were raised this way, but one of the things that you could say about our family, when trouble comes, we stick together. And I don't know if your family's like that, but for sure, for sure, my family, we, we might not talk to each other for like weeks, possibly months, but if we get that phone call that someone's in trouble, guess we right there. And so, like, uh, just to give you an example of what that looks like with my family, with my four brothers, uh, when I was younger, maybe about 16 or about 15 or 16 years old, my older brother was part of a gang, which we will name unnamed right now. All right? <laughs> We're going to name that gang. We're not going to name that gang. Anyhow. And so my brother was part of a gang during that time, and by association, I would, I would get in trouble because of it, or I would get set free because of it. And one of these moments, my brother and I were hanging out in the stoop of our neighbors. This is during that time. This is during that ancient time where kids actually hung out with their friends in next door, not their friends online across the country. And so my, my, my brother and I were hanging at the stoop of my neighbor's house. Can, do you guys remember that, like, chilling in the stoop? Like, there, could you, do you remember that? What were you doing? We were chilling in the stoop. Yeah, but what were you doing chilling at the stoop? Nothing. We were just chilling. Like, chilling in the stoop was something. You guys remember that? Like this. Oh, what are we going to do today? I'm going to chill at the stoop. That's it. But I'm bored. Go chill at the stoop. What am I going to do at the stoop? Chill. Right? Like, and so we were just chilling in the stoop. And so from time to time, we get out the gate and we go by the street. And guess what we were doing in the street? Chilling in the street. That's what we were doing. What were you doing? We were chilling. Doing? No, that's it. We were just chilling. And so uh, in one of those moments, it was about, it was late at night and and uh, I, I remember it like yesterday because it was so traumatic for me. I remember uh, one of my brother's, how do you say, affiliates, associates, uh, came running down the block. This is on Osgood and Tarji, if you know where that's at. And he came running through Osgood and Tarji, and there's this van lines there, and it was closed, and he came rushing, but he didn't come alone. There was a swarm of other gang members that were not associates, wink, wink, from another association, wink, wink, and they were chasing him down, and they were going to put the beats on him, and for some of you that don't know what it means to, um, to, to, to to put the beats on someone, if you don't know what that means, it means you physically do bodily harm to the person, and in this case, this particular case, they were going to do bodily harm to this particular person, and look look what takes place. My brother looks at his associate about to get jumped. Now, they were a little younger. They were maybe about, we were about 16. They were about 13. Now, look what happens. My brother, again, I was just chilling in the stoop, okay? That's all I was doing. I was chilling in the stoop. I don't know where this came from. My brother had a bat hidden behind one of the cars that were in front of the stoop. I don't know how that got there. And so my brother says, what are you guys going to do? They're like, yo... They're talking, they're just talking nonsense. My brother says, you guys are not going to touch him. And at that point, they say, well, you could get it too. He said, oh, we could get it too? Hold on a second. My brother goes behind the wheel of the car. He grabs the bat. He slams it twice on the floor. He chases about a dozen homies across Tar G Street. They all go running for their lives. And there goes my brother. And I'm saying, oh, God, what am I going to do here? And so I thought that was the end of the story. So what do we do? We go back to chilling in the stoop. And when we go back to chilling in the stoop, guess what? The little homies got the big homies. And and the big homies were big homies. And they were not only big homies, they were a whole lot of big homies. Okay? I see about 30 people coming down from Park Hill all the way down Osgood from a mile away. And I'm saying, I think they're coming to say hello. Hey, how are you? 30 dudes coming with weapons down Osgood, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I'm now, mind you, I had just gotten surgery on my knee, and mind you, I'm in crutches, so I have an excuse to get beat up. And... They come down Osgood, and my brother is ready. My brother has this little makeshift shank. I don't know. It it was a shank, so it was a makeshift. And so it's like a little knife. It was crazy. It could kill like 10 people. And so he's there, and he's ready to go to war. My mother sees them coming. My mother comes from the block, and she's like, ¿Qué está pasando aquí? And she goes behind the gate, and she goes, what's going on? What's going on? What happened? What happened? What happened? What happened, what happened over here? And I say, I don't know. You, know. you know how Raul is? He chased a bunch of kids and, and with a bat. And now they're coming, and they come, and they confront us, and they want to go to war. They threaten our lives. They're, t- they're like, we're going we're gonna to take a gun out, everything. And I'm like, oh, God. And you know me. Like, I'm still like, I could fight, but I'm still civilized. So I'm trying to talk to them. My brother's like, what? What? You want some of this? And I'm like, hey, guys, how are you? Listen, I, just, I think we could talk this out. <laughs> We can talk this out. It's okay. You know, when your voice gets high pitched, like, it's not because I was going through puberty. It was just because I was scared out of my life. And I was just like, hey, guys, listen. And, and out of nowhere, this is, I, can't, I, I cannot make this up. This is a true story. I promise you. I'm not exaggerating, not one bit. Out of nowhere. Some, my father was living down the block. He wasn't even living with us. He was living down the block, okay. And when he was living down the block, somebody came and told him that your sons are in trouble. My father came with two bats. You know, he's wearing like a, a, a guayabera, like he's wearing one of those shirts that are the Spanish funky looking shirts, and he's wearing it, and he got like, and he's wearing like these, these shoes with no socks and like high water pants, and he's walking and he's wearing he got one bat on one hand, one bat on the other, and he goes, Come on. And they all look, they all what in the world? He goes, That's it, you kill me. But I kill five of you. And at that point, me and my brothers, we jump off the gate, we start going to blows, and four people beat 25 people up. No, that's not what happened. That's, I'm just joking. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what happened at all. I, was just, <laughs> I thought that that would sound nice, but that didn't happen. My father goes behind the gate. What's the problem? You know, I think about that picture. But do you know that we went unharmed? There were 30 people in front of us, and there was only about four people behind the gate, and about 30 people in front of us. I'm telling you, I was petrified. I was scared. But one of the things I thank God that we weren't alone. You know, Raúl wasn't alone. My mother wasn't alone. I wasn't alone. There was something about a family united standing together that was able to stop the the onslaught of 30 gang members against us. Now, I know that's not always the case, but in this particular time, I just felt it like, wow, that's pretty amazing that we went unharmed, untouched. Nothing happened to us, and it's only because we stood together as a family. You You know, I think that there's... There's benefits to being part of a family. I think that there's benefits to being part of community. I, I, I don't think that we were called to live a life by ourselves. As a matter of fact, when you look in the Bible, in Genesis... God, isn't God amazing? God says, the Bible says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And what you see in the story of Genesis chapter 1, God says, he says, let there be light. And then he says, there was day, there was night. And at the end of it, he says, man, that's pretty good. Then he created the trees and the water and and, and the firmaments. He separated and he says, whoo, that's pretty good. And then he created the animals of the air and the beast of the land and the fish in the sea. And he says, whoo, you saw that right there? That's pretty good. (laughs) And then he created man. And he says, man, that's pretty good. And then he says, wait a minute. It's, It's not good. What did God say it was not good to? He says, it is not good for man to be alone. It's the first thing that God ever says it is not good in the entire Bible. The first thing that God disapproves of is when he looks at man and he says, it is not good for man to be alone. But we are so hardwired for community. We are so designed to be in relationship and in community. It goes so deep within us that God pulled community out of us when he created Eve. And so he pulls Eve out of us, out of Adam, and he says, now there's a community. See, much of the blessings in the Bible are actually expressed and assumed in community. Much of what the Bible says is actually spoken to a community. It's not necessarily spoken to individuals or isolated people. It's actually spoken to a community. Everybody shout community. And so when God expresses a blessing, when God expresses something powerful, oftentimes in the scriptures, what you will find, it's it's expressed to a community. And it's so much so that the blessing that God gives to the community cannot be found outside of the community. And I don't know about you, but... I don't want my pride, I don't want my arrogance, I don't want me wanting to be alone and isolated stop me from receiving all the blessings that God has for me. (laughs) I wanna be that person that says, listen, if there's a blessing in community, I want to be a part of it. If there's a blessing in family, I want to be a part of it. Is is there a blessing in being a group? I want to be a part of it. Why? Because I want everything that God has for me. If you believe that, give God some praise. I, I want it. So it's like a group on discount. Like you don't get the blessing unless you are in a group. You know what I'm saying? Oh my, oh my couponers are like, that's right, pastor, amen. They don't know, tell them. It's so, so true that even health studies show that there are benefits to community. Some of the health studies show that recently shown people in community live longer and have stronger immune systems and recover faster than people that live isolated lives outside of community. People survive disease at a higher rate in community than outside of community. Did you know that You have less stress hormones when you are walking in community than when outside of community. And so this this case study that we have today when we're talking about tribe, we, we have, man, we have a five starting lineup. A fabulous five starting lineup. And in Mark chapter 2, what you see is in this passage of Scripture, there's so much that could be extracted from this passage of Scripture. There's so much that can be taken from this passage of Scripture. There's so much that can be um, um, spoken about and expressed from this passage of Scripture. And, and what happens is that Jesus heals this man that was paralyzed. The Bible says that there was, this man was brought to Jesus through a roof. Can you imagine that we're preaching here and through this roof comes a man uh, lowered down by four people? We'll be like, Excuse me, that's being disruptive. You need to get out. But Jesus makes an exception for this man, he allows him to be lowered down. And the Bible says that Jesus then sees their faith, but he sees their faith but responds to the man. <laughs> It's amazing to me that this man had no legs, but because he was in community, he actually had eight legs. See, this man didn't have anything. He didn't have a lot, but what he did have was a community. What he did have was a group, and the Bible says that he was lowered down and they're spoken to. Uh, Jesus speaks to him, He says, "Your sins are forgiven. The haters begin to talk, they begin to think things. And Jesus says, "What's easier for me to do to heal him or to uh, speak uh, that he's forgiven?" And he says, "Just to show you that I'm the boss here, just to show you that I'm God, just to show you that I run things around here, Listen, get up and walk." He says, I'm not going to even do this to." for his glory, I'm going to do this for my glory, get up and walk. And in front of all their, his haters, this man got up and walked. And I think that's an extraordinary story. But what I want to pull out of this text is not so much what this man did, but it's more about what his friends did. Because I think, like, I don't know about you, like, I read this, I read this scripture and I'm like, yeah, bro, you didn't do nothing. Like, you didn't do, you really didn't do nothing in this whole scenario. Like, I think this man gets a lot of credit. Now, now, I've seen people in the Bible. You see the woman with the issue of blood, right? The Bible says she presses on to Jesus and she, and she, and she grabs the hem of his garment. You see many times where, where, where somebody will come to Jesus and say, listen, my, my hand is with it. And Jesus will say, stretch out your hand. And he stretched. You see the desire of the person wanting to be healed. But nowhere in this passage of Scripture in Mark chapter 2 do you ever see that this man says, I want to be healed. I'm asking to be healed. I'm looking to be healed. I need a healing. No, no, no. The Bible says that he was brought to Jesus. (laughs) And and look look what what these four men did. Do we have that up, The, the things that the four men did? They brought the paraplegic, so they brought him to Jesus. But they not only brought him, they carried him. I don't know about you, but there are times in our life when we need to carry some people and carry the weight they have and bring them over to Jesus. They removed part of the roof. Look at the determination. They say, listen, I love this guy so much. Uh, He might not want his healing. He might not have asked for his healing. But I know I can see that when he is healed, he's going to change the world. When he's healed, he's going to be a history history maker. He might not see it, but I see it in him. So I need to tear the roof off so I can get him over to Jesus. Because once he gets to Jesus, Jesus is going to be able to deal with him. Impressed by their bold faith or their bold belief. They were so determined. They were so filled with faith that Jesus had to acknowledge it in Mark chapter 2. Look what it says. It says that they saw, Jesus saw their faith, and he spoke to the paraplegic man. He, he saw their faith, but he addressed his situation. Do you know when you come to church, it's not so much for you all the time? (laughs) Do you know sometimes it's your faith that needs to carry your friend over? (laughs) See, this man didn't have maybe a desire to be healed. This man maybe didn't have a desire. This man might have been too weak to be healed. This man maybe maybe didn't even have enough faith to be healed. But he didn't have any of these things. But what he did have was a community. See, he, he may not have had strength, he may not have had faith, he may not have had power, but what he did have was faithful friends. And when you say, I have a tribe, it means I have faithful friends even when I'm weak in faith. Can you write that down for now? Can you write that down in your notes? Say, I have faithful friends even when I'm weak in faith. Someone shout that out. Say, I have faithful friends even when... I'm weak in faith. And, and and I look at this man, and I'm just like, man, I, I get a little upset because I'm like, man, this guy gets a little bit too much credit, but it's actually not his faith. It was the faith of his friends that was able to carry him through. It was his faith of his friends that brought him to the house. It was the faith of his friends that picked him up. It was the faith of his friends that said, we're going to tear down the roof. It was the faith of his friends that were actually seen when this man was weak. And I don't know about you, but I think sometimes we've gotten so comfortable with leaving people stuck. Can, I, can, can we be honest today? Can we have a moment of sincerity? And let's be honest, how often uh, when was the last time we actually stood in the gap for someone else? I don't know about you, but I kind of have the tendency, listen, man, that's their business. Man, that's their business. If they don't want healing, then that's, that's what it, If they don't want a deliverance, then that's on them. If they don't want to seek Jesus, then that's on them. When did our relationship with God become so Passive. When I, look at this, when I look at this dream team right here, I look at four men that are operating a little aggressive. Yeah, I, I, know, yeah, I know that you don't want to go to Jesus, but you really have no choice because we're going to carry you. I, I, know, I know you don't want to know Jesus right now. I know maybe you're in a your, uh, little bit of a funk right now. I know you don't want to worship right now, but that's okay because I'm going to worship with you and for you. <laughs> and, and I think that the church of God can look like this. I I think that the Church of God can be a place where you can walk in through these doors and you might not have the faith that you think you require or need. Or you might be weak in faith at the moment. But that's okay. Just come in here. And guess what? There's a room full of people that are willing to say, listen, even when you're weak in faith, you have faithful friends. And we might not be the best at singing or preaching or, or, or fasting and prayer. But I can guarantee you a how promise. Listen to this. No matter how weak you are in faith you will have faithful friends at Christ's uncensored house of worship. If you believe that in this place, give God a praise. Oh, that's right. You don't want to pray? Then I'm going to pray for us. You don't want to fast? Then I'm going to fast for us. Oh, you don't want to worship? Then I'm going to worship for us. Listen, you're just going to stay there and you're going to hear me and I'm going to sing. And though I can't sing, I'm going to worship. Why? Because we are going to go to Jesus. Looked at this community, the community went to Jesus, but it was one person that got their blessing. Sometimes it takes an entire community for one person to receive their breakthrough. And so often in our lives, we are sitting passively saying, oh, we didn't get our breakthrough. Maybe it's not your turn to get your breakthrough. Maybe it's it's your turn to carry someone else and let them get their breakthrough. And maybe your breakthrough comes in seeing their breakthrough be manifested. Woo. I just, I, I, I don't know about you, but I want to be this kind of community where, where oh, you're, you're stuck in anger? Come on, man, we're going to Jesus. <laughs> oh, you're stuck in sin? Come on, man, we're going to Jesus. <laughs> oh, you're stuck in your difficulty? I'm a hey, 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 Carlos, hey, Victor, hey, come here. We're going to pick up Franco. Let's go. <laughs> hey, we're going to Jesus. I don't want to be this passive community that just lets people get stuck and stay stuck, and they and we just judge them and criticize them on their stuckness. Oh, love! Did you did you see, did you see Shakira the other day? Yeah, yeah. You know her. She's in her she's in her feelings, and she's dealing with her nonsense. And know, when when did when did the gospel get so passive? When did the gospel Become so shoulder shruggy. Who cares? No, man, the gospel is aggressive. The gospel says, listen, I know, I, I, love way, I love the way my wife preaches me the gospel. Because, like, when we go through it, she'll, like, stop mid-argument. And she's like, can we just pray? And I say, no! I want to pray! She goes, you don't have to. I'm going to pray, and you're going to Listen. Yeah. Like, like, that's the type of community I think that God is calling us to be. Oh, listen, you're in your feelings today? Man, stay right there. I, can, can I have a, tr- I was feeling terrible today, terrible. And Ronnie came to me just now, and he says, are you okay? I said, no, I'm not. He says, I'm gonna pray for you. And right before I walked out this stage, Ronnie came and laid hands on me and he prayed for me. And he said, I'm gonna pray. All you gotta do is listen. I remember when I was going through my divorce, I remember John came by my side. And John, don't put this on Instagram. John came by my side and he said, listen, man, listen, I'm just going to be here. I'm just going to be here. What what are you going to do? I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to be here. And sometimes we've lost the power of community. Just the idea that someone is by our side. Just the idea that someone is next to us. Did did my situation change? No. Did my circumstance change? No. But guess what? There was one person that said, I'm going to stand by your side. I'm going to stand through it. I'm going to be by your side. Listen, you don't have to pray. You don't have to fast. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to worship. And all you have to do is let me stay there with you. I think that we can be that kind of church In this house today, where we can say, Listen, you don't have to worship. Just let me worship for you. Because even when we are weak in faith, when we have a tribe, we have faithful friends. When we have faithful friends, let me tell you, when we have faithful friends, God begins to break through. It's what we see in Acts chapter 16 when two men began to worship in a prison. And guess what? The Bible doesn't say anybody else worshiped, it just said those two men worshiped. But the results were not that their chains were broken. If I was God, I would have only broken the chains of those that were worshiping me. But the fact that Paul and Silas began to sing, I seen you move. You move the mountains, and I believe I see you do it again. You made a way when there was no way, and I believe I see you do it again. Creed came into that prison. And what took place is that every single person in that prison cell's chains were broken. Why? Because two people were willing to stand in the gap for the people that had weak faith. <laughs> Thessalonians says it this way. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Listen, when I come to church, the Bible says in Hebrews, in, in, the, in the book of Hebrews, it says, do not forsake the gathering of the saints so they can encourage one another. Listen, when I come to church, it's not just to worship God. It's to make sure who am I encouraging today? <laughs> it, it, it drives me crazy when someone says no one greeted me. I'm like, did you greet people? I, I, I never sit back and wait for someone to greet me. And we get so offended when someone Specifically, like 10 people could greet me, but she didn't greet me. So, you know, this church is just, you know, I waited. I waited right there. I was right in front of her face, and she just looked at me and walked away. Like, nah, man, like, I'm gonna get in your face. Hey, how are you? God bless you. How's everything? Hey, how are you? God bless you. How's everything? Give me a hug. Give me a kiss. Hold on. Don't let Lisa see that. I'm just kidding. kidding. I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She was like, that hug was like six seconds too long. <laughs> no- Number two, I have a tribe means this. It means I have people who hold me accountable even when I want to operate alone. Ooh, Write that down. I have, I have, I have people. Just to let you know, we're saying it Twice. I have, I have people, I have, I have people who hold me accountable, even when I want to operate alone. I don't know about you, but there are times in my life when I don't want to be held accountable. I just simply want to be left alone. I just want to do my own thing. And look what the Bible says. I, I saw this and I said, wow, this is pretty interesting. It says, impressed by their bold faith, Jesus saw the paraplegic and said, son, your sins are forgiven. Or son, I forgive your sins. Now this man is like when someone gives you something, like if you ask for it, but you didn't ask for it, and you're like, yeah, I didn't come for that. But, but here's the beauty of it. See, Jesus didn't Tell this man what he wanted to hear. He told him what he needed to hear. Ah. And sometimes the reason we are in spiritual paralysis and the reason that we are, what we are paraplegic in our spiritual journey is because we want to be left alone. But when you are in a tribe, it's saying, listen, I'm willing to be accountable and being held accountable. See, they brought this man to Jesus. You know what accountability looks like? Accountability looks like, hey, we're going to bring you to Jesus and see what Jesus has to say about the matter. Because maybe you want to hear something, but what if Jesus has something else to say to you? And guess what? This might not be the physical, tangible, uh, uh, in the flesh, Jesus, but the Bible says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. Guess what? We have the Word of God, And so what do we need to do to hold people accountable? Hey, we bring them to the word of God because the word of God is Jesus and it's the only piece of the mind of Christ that we have. And so I don't want to just go by my own desires, my own uh, frame of mind. Guess what? I've led myself in wrong places. I don't know. If the, am I the only one? I've led myself wrong places. You know, we criticize, uh, isn't isn't it true that we criticize most people, but the majority of the problems that we have in our life are because of our choices? (laughs) Like, isn't it amazing that we can give some amazing advice to other people, but if we were just to take 20% of the advice that we would give other people, we'd be in a lot better spot. (laughs) So I need to be in in a community because when I'm in a tribe, what does it mean? It means... That I'm held accountable. That I'm held accountable. Like, we gotta get away from this desire. Can I, be, can I be honest? We gotta get away from this notion. Can't nobody tell me what to do? I'm the boss of my own life. I'm grown. I've been cooking since I was 11. Come on. Can we, we just get away from, like, if we're part of a church community and a church family, can we get away from this idea and this notion? Can nobody tell me what to do? I know what's best for me. And that's part of the problem. The part of the problem is that you think you know what's best for you because you think you know what's wrong with you. But when if you realize that you don't even know what's wrong with you, then you can't really know what's best for you. And so it means that God might use some people. it might mean that God might use some people in your life to get you where you need to be because you might not know what's best for you, but someone that's been down that road may know what the word of God says what's best for you and might just say, listen, I applied it for my life. I know that if you apply it for your life, God is not an exceptional person. God doesn't have any favorites, and so what? If you apply it, guess what? You'll have the same results. When I'm in a community, when I'm in a tribe... I'm held accountable. I'm held accountable. And sometimes when you are left to your own devices, it leaves you in your state of spiritual paralysis. This is accountability. Accountability is is when you want to stay stuck, someone is holding you accountable and say, hey, man, I know that's not what you want for your life. I know deep inside that's not what you really want. I know what you really want, but you're going the wrong way about it. You're staying stuck, and you think that that's going to bring you results. But sometimes it takes someone to say, hey, listen, look what the word of God says. I know that you think this is cool, but look what the word of God says. I know that you think that this is okay, and it's reasonable, and it's not a sin. But guess what? Look what the word of God says. I know that this is no, but guess what? You're a leader. I know that this is, but that's what? You're called to be a pastor. I know this, but this, this is what the Bible says. No, 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 I'm not saying, hey, listen, we're going to get in people's face and be judgmental and be a real judgy. Like, if you know anything about me, that that is not the heart of this ministry, that is not the heart of this church, that is not the heart of your pastors in any way, shape, or form. But I just think that we can't have this passive way of fellowshipping, that when I see somebody running towards the fire, I just say, yeah, that's his business. No, I want to get aggressive with our faith and say, listen, man, that's not what the Bible says. Now, again, not in a judgmental way, not in a way that's condemning, but a way that's life-giving and a way that's bringing them to Jesus. Hey, man, listen, if you don't want to listen to me, that's fine. But I just think that, I just think that I'm, I'm here to hold you accountable. And I think that, you know, when, when you're acting this way and you're doing this way, it's not Christ-like. And that's fine if I just come into you and I say, hey, man, maybe we can just start doing this together. Maybe I can hold you accountable in this area and you can hold me accountable in this area. Why? Because I have a tribe. And if I have a tribe, it means that I am held accountable even when I want to be alone, even when I want to take steps back, even when I want to just make my own choices in my own mind. Guess what? I have a group of people that are willing to say, man, you shouldn't go that way. This is not what's best for your calling. This is not what's best for what God called you to do. This is not what's best for your purpose. Uh, Look what Proverbs says. Can can we pull up Proverbs real quick? It says, speak strong words to a wise man and he will love you. The proof of foolishness huh, is hatred towards strong words. Ooh, that wasn't even in my notes. I'm giving you that for free. Speak strong words. No, go back. Speak strong words to a wise man, and he will love you. What does that mean? The proof of foolishness is hatred towards strong words. That's saying can't tell me, you can't tell me, again, I'm not talking about condemnation, I'm not talking about judgment, I am talking about someone lovingly getting in your face and saying, hey man, hey man, that's not what God called us to do, bro, that's not who we are, that's not, that's not what God called us to do, and it's okay to do that in a loving way, in a life-giving way, hey man, you shouldn't be doing this, and that's fine, hey, here's what we should be doing, let's hold ourselves accountable, look what Proverbs chapter 12 says, it says, fools always think their own way is best, Who? Mike Jones. Who? (laughs) Sorry. 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 Fools always think their own way is best. But wise people, who? Wise people listen to what others tell them. Now, this is not talking about any other tells them. It's the people you are in community with. Is the people that you're doing life with. Here's, here's my favorite, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 10. A single rebuke does not, does more. Oh, this is so good. Uh, a single rebuke does more for a person of understanding than a hundred lashes on the back of a fool. Ooh, Pastor Roe called me a fool. No, I didn't. The, the Bible did. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. So, sorry. Sorry. No, not sorry. Anyhow. It, it, it's... A th- a, what is it? A hundred? A, th- a hundred lashes on the back of a fool. A rebuke. A rebuke. When was the last time we rebuked someone and they didn't get upset and they... I, I just want to be in that place when, where, where, where people that I'm doing life with, people I'm doing life with, people that care for me, People that love me, people I know that I've, I've been doing, I've been doing relationship with you for five years, and the first time I come and tell you something lovingly to correct you, you spaz out. Amen. You can't, you can't, you you can't. Who who you think you are? I know it's just me and the Lord. Just me and Jesus, and I'm just gonna love Jesus by myself. Nah man, God called us to be in community with one another. And what does that mean? That you're let's say we have our community groups here. Can I get can I hear our community groups here? We have we have our amazing community groups. Listen, man, in there you have those discussions, and it's okay to be like, hey, address some things. And guess what? Sometimes it might cause a little healthy friction, but the Bible says that iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. What does that mean? When iron sharpens iron, there's a little bit of friction. It's not a friction to destroy the iron, but it's a friction to sharpen the iron. And so don't (laughs) let that friction create a wedge where now you separate yourself and isolate yourself just because someone loved you so much to tell you you shouldn't go that way. In this day and age where we are we are just saturated with DMs and text messages and Nah, if someone, has, if someone has the courage to get in your face, look, in you in the, look at you in the eyes, open up the scriptures and say, hey, man, the Bible says that maybe we shouldn't go that way. Maybe we should try to do this. Why? Because we are the righteousness of God. Because we're called to be the head and not the tail. Because we're not supposed to take steps back. We're supposed to walk to Jesus. Is anybody in this place that can say, listen, I don't know about before, but I'm willing to be accountable. This. therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be what <sighs> wait what you don't hear this in the church wait confess no i just need to confess my sins to god i'm just gonna tell him he knows me and i know him no 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 wait 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 confess your sins to one another when was the last time we felt comfortable enough to confess our sins to one another church when was the last time, I mean, again, we deal with this, such a culture that we hide behind our screens, we hide behind our facade, we hide behind the, the best version of ourselves. But here you have James, the brother of Jesus, that says, hey, listen, man, confess your sins. And I know why, because so often, so often, the church has done a poor job in receiving the confessions of other sins. Because when cons- sins were confessed, guess what we did? We judged. When sins were confessed, you know what it says? Confess your sins to one another and then Pray. Confess your sins to one another. The prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. Isn't that amazing? Confess your sins to one another. Wait, how am I righteous if I just confess my sins? Oh, because it's all about Jesus anyway. Confess your sins to one another. The prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. And this is you will receive healing. Maybe, maybe some of the areas that we are so deeply wounded in our lives are because we have tried to just simply confess our sins to the air, but not have said, hey, man, can I, sh- can I share something with you? I was, I was, you know, I'm struggling, you know, hey, hey, yo, Frank, you know, I, you know, I just, I've been dealing with this struggle, man, like I just have this anger issue, and I just, can you pray with me? Not judge me, not look down on me. Hey, Vic, man, I've been struggling with, with just, just uh, lust. and hey, man, I've been struggling with gambling, and, and hey, man, I've been struggling with drugs, and, and I just, can you just pray, oh, you've been struggling with drugs? Oh, Man, we need to. What? What? Nah, let's pray. Let's pray. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. But guess what? I'm going to do my job, and my job is to pray. So that squat right there? I have a tribe means I have people God will use to open doors. I can never walk into on my own. When they weren't able to get in because of the crowd, they removed part of the roof and lowered the paraplegic in his stretcher. Did you see that? That even if this man would have somehow made it all the way to the door, the front door, he would have never been able to. See, they could have just left him right there and said, hey, we brought you to the house. But they went deeper. As the worship team comes up, they went deeper. And what do, what do they do? They begin to open a door this man would have never opened and been able to walk through on his own. Can you imagine that? It says they, were, they weren't able to get in because of the crowd. And so they removed part of the roof and lowered the paraplegic in the stretcher. I have a tribe means I have people God will use to open doors I can never walk into on my own. And so when I speak about this, I speak about in a sense of in a sense of of mentorship. God uses people in your life to open doors for you that you couldn't open on your own. And oftentimes the people that God has placed you in their care, we begin to criticize because they're holding us to a level of accountability that God is holding us. And so we begin to make enemies out of people that were called to elevate us. We just begin to make enemies out of the people, and I'm not talking about the pastor, the leadership. I'm just talking about in your own life, there are people that God has placed in your community, in your community group. There's people that God has placed even in the team that you serve. There's people that God has placed even outside this church that they were called to be someone that you're entrusted in their care or someone that is a mentor to you or someone that is a coach to you. And the moment they get in our face, We begin to close the doors in our lives because all they're doing is unlocking the key that is within you to walk in the door that they're going to open for you. And so when I'm in a tribe, I know that there's people in that tribe that are going to open doors that I can never walk in on my own. And so why would I just reject their counsel? Why would I just eliminate who they are in my life? Listen, I'm going to take all the wisdom that I can get from the people that God has placed in my life. There's some things that my mentors have told me that, guess what? Made me grin my teeth or grind my teeth. But I said, you know what? I'm not going to be the captain of my own life. I'm not going to be the captain of my own life. I'm gonna let God be the captain of my life and he's gonna use the people that he has placed me in their care. I don't know about you, but I'm done with the days of just thinking, I'm just gonna do this on my own. I have a tribe, I have a community, I have a family, I have a group. I, I, don't, I don't need to do life by myself anymore. And I want to encourage every single person in this room, can I encourage you today? Can, can I encourage that your church experience will become more than just a Sunday experience? Can I encourage you today that it's just more than walking and shaking hands at FaceTime? Can I encourage you to get plugged into a community group? January we launch season one of 2019 community groups. And right now, as we as we have it, We have maybe about 25 to 30% of our church in community. Imagine there's about 75% that come to church on a Sunday but are not part of a community. You know, in a room like this, sometimes we can get lost, right? In a room like this, sometimes we can't really know each other. But if we're in a small room where the Bible says where two or three are gathered, there I will be. I don't know about you, but I just want to be in that smaller setting where I'm in a community group where I'm in a circle where I'm coming together and I'm and I'm and I have friends I have friends guess what maybe in this big room n- Not everyone knows your name, but you can be part of a family where it's like friends. Is it friends? No, it's cheers It cheers. Everyone knows your name And everyone know oh no one called me on my birthday. Are we part of a community? Oh, and no one knew it was my anniversary. Are we part of a community? I was in the hospital. Nobody knew about it. Are we part of a community? There are blessings that come part of community. Community. And instead of isolating ourselves, I think what the church of God should do is say, hey, I'm going to step up. And I just don't want to be a Sunday goer. I just don't want to punch in and punch out. I want to be part of this of God. I want to be part of this unit that 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 I can walk into a place and there's about six or seven people and each and every one of them know me. And when I'm sick in the hospital, they'll come and visit me. When it's my birthday, they'll celebrate me. When I'm down, they'll pick me up. When I'm weak in faith, they will ha- have faithful friends. When I'm taking steps backwards, they're holding me accountable. I don't know about you, but I think in 2019, when we launch season one of our community groups I think we could say my my prayer is that every single person that comes on a Sunday is at least part of one community group at least part of one and I think there's enough people here to say we can launch at least five to ten community groups come January Well, what is a community group? it's just coming together as a circle coming together as a family Oh, I, don't, I don't, do we have the same interest? Hey, listen, if you have a hobby and you can gather three or four people with it, let's say you play basketball every Saturday morning. Let's say you play basketball every Saturday morning and you can get three or four people around it and say, hey, man, we're going to play basketball together for one hour. At the beginning of that hour, we're going to pray for five minutes. At the end of that hour, we're going to read a, a two-minute devotional and then we're going to pray. That's a community. That's a community group. That's a community group. And guess what? We have each other's number. We can fellowship together. When we're missing in church, hey man, I missed you. I missed you on Sunday. Hey, I noticed you haven't been coming. Hey, can I? Can I? Can I just? Can I bring you something? Are you good? Can I? Can I be of service to you? That's a community. That's holding each other accountable. Amen. Can we stand up on our feet and bow our heads, please?